0: Hey, thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our lead pastor, Brent Coulter, encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. All right, we are finishing up 21 days of prayer. Uh, We gave these books away four weeks ago. Um, If you didn't happen to get a book four weeks ago or the week afterwards, we still have this available for download on our website under our events tab. You can go there and it's a PDF version. You can print it out. And what we've been doing for the last 21 days, and this is day number 21. How many of you enjoyed this book? come on, it's been so great. Um, And and the goal what we've been trying to do, you know, if you missed a couple days somewhere there in between, none of it's to make you feel guilty. But it's just to get us, as we start a brand new year, as we start a brand new decade, uh, just spending a little extra time in prayer, in the Word of God, creating a brand new habit. You know, one of the best ways to stop a bad habit is to create a really good one. And a really good habit is to sit down every day with the Word of God and to spend some time in prayer. And I don't know about you, but I have really enjoyed this booklet, even just some of the questions that have been, you know, asking just to reread the same verses over and over again has been super helpful. And once again, our goal in doing this is we just want to set our sails, you know, going in God's direction, start of a brand new year, brand new decade. And, you know, we've already, um, since this has been, you know, we've got a lot of great feedback for this book. We're looking at providing something else for you later on this year. Uh, we've already downloaded something else, so you can be looking for that later this year. Um, <clears throat> So why would we start a new year like this? Matthew chapter six, verse 33 says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I just wanted to make mention also, we're gonna be finishing up today with communion as we end this series as well. So we want to go after the kingdom of God. We're pursuing the kingdom of God in our lives as we start this brand new year, brand new decade. And in the context of these verses that we just read, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus mentioned all the practicalities of life and what we wear and what we eat. And by extension, he's just talking about all the necessities of life. And sometimes what we can do is that we can chase after those things, and then we can miss out on the will of God because we're just chasing after things. But what Jesus is saying is for us to prioritizing, pursuing the kingdom of God going after his ways, his thoughts, his direction, and just spending time in the presence of God as we've been doing for the last 21 days. John chapter 10, verse nine says this. I am the door, Jesus is speaking. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it. Abundantly. So, this is why Jesus came that we would have the abundant life of God. That the enemy is the one that steals and kills and destroys our lives. So, none of those things are coming from God. That what the goodness of God comes through Jesus Christ, our awareness of who God actually is, we see in Christ. So, as we are doing right now, just setting a little extra time aside at the first part of the year to pray and to meditate on the word of God, as I recommended to you maybe to start some sort of Bible reading plan. Uh, What will help us to know is will help us to think the thoughts of God. Being aware that we are gonna, in life, we're gonna face some randomness. This year, there's gonna be maybe some difficult situations. This decade, there's gonna be some difficult situations. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna fight the randomness of life with the intentionality of serving God. Spending time praying, spending time in the word of God, thinking about the word of God, uh, thinking about his ways. And this is one of the great benefits that I found over the last three weeks, uh, specifically with this material that we just used. You know, as I sat down every day, I was just reminded of the fact that I was just sitting in the presence of God. You know, one of the things and one of the stories that we see in the New Testament is that, you know, Mary and Martha, that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and this was showing sort of the position of a disciple sitting at the feet of the master wanting to learn. And the great thing about sitting at the feet of Jesus is that he is the one who loves you the most. He never gets tired of listening to you. He's actually the best listener ever. So ladies, better than your husbands because sometimes they're not gonna listen. I could testify. Sometimes I'm just, you know, I'm just not a really good listener as Nicole will tell you. But thank God she has Jesus and not just me because what we could sit at the feet of God. We could sit at the feet of Jesus. And what we are doing is that we are sitting in the love of God, the one who has he, his desire for you and for your life. What is it? We just read it there that you would experience his abundant life. In the middle of the chaos, sometimes, in the middle of the difficulty, he is still ministering to you his abundant life. In the middle of the struggle, as we sit at his feet, what is he doing? He's speaking to us about his abundant life. So that's what we've been talking about all month um, here at the church. And just not, once again, not just trying to stop habits, but starting brand new ones and then knowing who we are in Christ remembering our identity, and then as we did a couple weeks ago, we talked about our past, our present, and our potential. Now, that message probably will not make sense on the podcast uh, since we had these pictures on the stage, Uh, but if those of you that were here, those messages are available um, on our website. And so as we've been talking and discussing, and as I'm hopeful that you discovered with the booklet and, and the idea to journal, that prayer is not a monologue, that prayer is actually a dialogue. One of my Bible school instructors, she she described it like this, and in fact, she actually had a picture that all prayer actually starts, successful prayer, good, healthy prayer starts from heaven. And she had a picture that showed gears sort of coming down from heaven and then touching earth and then the gears going back up into heaven. So in other words, what we're doing is that we're grabbing onto the word of God, the will of God, not just praying about our desires, but joining in sort of the heavenly ideas, God's ideas, and then praying those, thing, those same things back up to God. But what that picture would show us is that God is actually speaking to us. And, and that's what's been amazing about this journal, just rereading the same verses over and over again, is just this awareness of how talkative God is. But sometimes we just don't make room for him to speak to us. You know, we, 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 we set our, our, sometimes our self down to prayer and we're like, okay, God, I've got five minutes with you today. And all we do is talk for five minutes and then we're done. No, prayer is all about a dialogue. And that's, once again, that's why we sit down with the word of God. That's why we sit down with a pen and we would write something down because our expectation is, that God would be actually speaking back to us as we sit in his love. And this is a couple of things I just wanna talk about and focus on today. Just two things as we're sitting in the presence of God, spending time in prayer. Now we're finishing up 21 days of prayer, but the idea is we keep on praying throughout the year, right? That was the goal, to create a good prayer habit, not like, okay, I'm done praying for 2020, thank God. No, man, we just created a brand new habit so our goal would be to spend time intentional time in the presence of God. And God is always speaking to us. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 6 says this, rejoice always, pray continually. Now what that would mean, it doesn't mean that we have to 24/7 every second of every minute that we're we're supposed to be talking to God. That's not the point of these verses. But the because God has called us to do other things, that the idea is that we would always be open to the voice of God, that we would always be open just to speak things to God, that he is our constant friend. Once again, he never gets tired of talking to you. He's never gonna unfriend you. He will always be there for you. So that we would just constantly, you know, I heard one minister say it like this, I never pray more than five minutes, but I never go more than five minutes without praying just just this attitude just maintaining this attitude uh, the constant nature of God. So when we when we think about sitting at the feet of Jesus, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 comes to mind for me and it says this because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So we see these four things, but I'm just going to focus on this one thing today, wisdom from God. That sitting at the feet of Jesus every day, as as we make it a practice, practice to do this, that Jesus to us is God's wisdom. Because the reality is we need wisdom all of the time. We need to know how to apply the knowledge that we have in our lives. And that's one kind of way of talking about wisdom. The knowledge that I have right now, how am I applying it so that I will get to where I want to go? Because we, we all know that we've applied knowledge incorrectly and then we find ourselves down a road that we never wanted to be on, that we've made some mistakes in some of our choices in life. But once again, that Jesus has been made to us wisdom. And if we have this attitude of praying continually, we can always access the wisdom of God. What I'm saying now and what I'm thinking now And what I'm doing now, where is it taking me? See, and wisdom is all about seeing the future, all all about seeing where, where am I gonna go. And God, once again, being in the presence of God, he knows the end from the beginning. That doesn't mean he's controlling everything along the way, but his knowledge is the knowledge that we need. His mind is better than ours. His mind has more wisdom than ours you know just just a week or so ago i was making some cinnamon rolls for the girls and i was you know when you're putting things in the oven there's two for those of you who don't cook or bake there's two trays in the oven and there's like a top and the middle and then i was putting the cinnamon rolls in the middle which means that there's you know the top metal above that which really was not a wise choice Because what happens is you have to reach under the top metal tray to reach. And I have a burn mark right here, friends. Because we we actually have really small, we have like small child-size oven mitts, which we actually need to get some more of those, babe. And so I put the oven mitt on and then I couldn't reach the cinnamon rolls and then I twisted my wrist up. I'm okay, it's all right. And now I have a burn But if I was wise, I would have fully covered my hand and then reached into the heat, and then you don't get burned. But that's a good analogy for sometimes the choices that we make, we don't actually think it all through, and then we find ourselves getting burned because of the choices that we made. But we should desire the wisdom of God, that Jesus has been made to us wisdom, and we can sit at his feet every day, and he never gets tired of listening to us. And he's always speaking to us. Wisdom definition of this, the varied knowledge of of human and divine summed up in maxims and proverbs, giving the sagest advice. And that's what I would say about my mom at 80 years old, that she can give sage advice about all of the areas that I mentioned earlier. And this is, what is that? Well, it's wisdom because you've had some experience that you see things differently when you have wisdom. Skill in the management of life's affairs. The knowledge and practice of the requisites for godly and upright living. Wisdom means to be skillful and prudent with knowledge. That we would just use knowledge well. That we would allow the voice of God to be speaking back to us in our times of prayer. So that we would be aware of his voice. What is he speaking to me? Why? Because he wants to get me to where his life purposes for me are. I I want to get you there. And so what should we do? We should want to sit in his presence. Proverbs chapter one, verse two says this. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness and justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth, let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands, obtain guidance. This should be our desire. Because why? We got a lot of choices to make, friends, every day. There's a ton of choices to make. And what, are we, what can we do in the presence of God? We can obtain guidance from, from God. He's always speaking wisdom to us. The voice of God is wisdom. We can obtain guidance from the mouth of God. Verse six, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Verse seven, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And once again, fear here just means to reverence God. It doesn't mean to cower back in fear or to be afraid of God. It means to honor him, that I would reverence what he's saying, because God is always speaking wisdom to us. And this is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and forsake not your mother's teaching, for they are a graceful garland for your head and pendants for your neck. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 says this. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up wisdom For the upright, he's always speaking. And if you have given yourself, once again, to set some time aside over these last three weeks, you became acutely aware of this in your prayer time as you sat down and you were talking to God, you were realizing that he was actually speaking back to you. But you hadn't set the time aside before. You hadn't been as intentional before, but what is is coming from his mouth? Man, the Lord gives wisdom. The Lord is speaking to me the things that I need to know. He's not holding back that he's always speaking. James chapter three, verse 13 says this, "'Who is wise and understanding among you? "'By his good conduct, let him show his works "'in the meekness of wisdom.'" But if you have bitter jealousy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above. It is earthly. It is unspiritual. It is demonic. For whereas there's jealousy, selfish ambition exists, there will be disorder in every vile practice selfish ambition, all a bunch of lists there of things that are kind of, well, we could almost describe some of these things as kind of extreme emotions. Now, life can make us emotional, right? Anybody out there live in the same world as I do? Life can make you emotional. You could watch something on the news or something that could happen in your life, and it could spark things on the inside of you, but emotions are terrible decision-makers. Now, they're great indicators, help you to know where your heart is, but emotions are terrible decision-makers. And all, what we just read, these are extremes in our emotions. And what we just read there is like, these things actually aren't wisdom. Not just living by the emotion of the moment. Because we can look back at our lives once again, or we can maybe see a choice somebody else make. A, a super emotional decision is usually not a wise decision. And these things, what are they? They're, they're, not, they're not actually wisdom that comes down from God. It's like it's negative, it's it's from the enemy. It's just kind of earthly, it's kind of base. It's actually wisdom in reverse. But then he's gonna contrast the godly kind of wisdom. But verse 17: the wisdom from above is first pure. Then peaceable, gentle, open to reason. This is a tremendous phrase. Because if your emotions, and maybe some married people you could testify, this is true. If your emotions are too heightened in a discussion, argument that you're having with your spouse, you're not open to reason. You're just mad. And you're, you, you've closed yourself off to reason. But this is open to reason is wisdom that comes from, a God, from God. In other words, I'm actually seeing how my attitudes and actions where they're taking me. I'm reasoning through the choices that I'm making. I'm not just making rash emotional choices. I'm not doing things in my relationships that are rash and sort of knee-jerk reactions because I'm feeling a certain way. No, that's That's earthly and it's sensual. But the wisdom that comes from above, it's open to reason. Listen, it's full of mercy and good fruits. In other words, you can see the results of good choices. It's impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So in other words, the wise choice for me to to make a Uh, To to sow something in the middle of an emotional situation, it's a peaceful choice. That I'm going to reap a harvest when I'm making the wise choice that I'm going to calm my emotions down, I'm going to be open to reason, and I'm going to speak words of peace. Why? Because there's going to be a harvest from speaking words of peace. Why? Because this is actually coming from God that God wants to insert his peace in the middle of a highly emotional, big high uh, situation that has high frustration. What am I doing? I'm speaking peace in that moment. So here, once again, this is the wisdom of God for our lives. The second thing I want to talk about today is hope. That hope is a way of being. And it's always on the other side of the conversation with God. Hope is always on the other side of the conversation with God. See, when we go to spend time in prayer, what we're not supposed to be doing is we're not supposed to be showing up in a time of prayer and speaking King James English and to try to put on our best spiritual self. You know, do you know that we can't fake out God? Like God knows the real you. You can, feel, you can fool people and people can think certain things, but you can't walk in the presence of God with pretense and him be fooled by it, right? You, you can't walk into God's presence with King James to somehow to impress God. God knows your heart. And so, so what do we do what, when we go to speak to God? What should it be? It should be honesty, We're speaking the word of God and we're aware of what the word of God is, but the things that we're asking for relating to our lives, it should just be honest and open because God knows already. Before you say it, God knows it. And what is it that we talk to God about sometimes is like really difficult stuff, or we should. The difficult stuff that you have in your life, the struggles that you're facing, the things that you might be facing in your body or your finances or in your relationships or with your education or your job or your career. Those are the things that we should be speaking to God about. But once again, the other side of the conversation from God will always be a voice of hope. Hope in the New Testament, as we've defined many times before, is a joyful expectation or having an expectation about the future, not just a wish, Well, I want it to be some other way. It's not, well, I just wish it was differently. I wish it was different. That the voice of God back to us is saying to us that we should have an expectation about our future even in the middle of the difficulty, even in the middle of the pain of a situation that's hard that we should have an expectation Uh, from our readings that we've had over and over again this month, Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. Having the eyes of your heart enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? That you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. God has called all of us To hope. Now, when we think about calling, sometimes we think about maybe the things that we're supposed to be doing with our lives, and that's part, that's part of it. But God has called all of us to have this attitude of hope, that we would have this joyful expectation. He's called us all to live this way, that we should be inspired by hope that we should be inspired to have an expectation in the middle of a difficulty. Why? It's because we have this relationship with God, that we're every day sitting at the feet of Jesus and what's coming from the other side of the discussion. It's always a hope-filled discussion that we have with God, that God would be speaking to our hearts in such a way that we would know that we could put our trust in him, Because what's the other option for us? What does hopelessness look like? Hopelessness looks like despair. I'm quitting, I'm giving up, it's too hard. And there are situations like that in the moment that just feel like they're overwhelming. But what happens when we sit at the feet of Jesus? He's saying, you need to know that you're called to hope that he's calling out to you every time that we sit at his feet. And what he's calling to us and telling us is this isn't impossible. It's not too hard for me, God would say, as we've been singing about this morning. It's too hard for you on your own, but it doesn't just depend all on you. Our trust is in him. See, and we have to be aware, once again, our emotions are good indicators, terrible decision makers If we find ourselves despairing, giving up, then we've lost the other side of the conversation of hope. See, I have some situations right now in my life that I don't actually know what to do. I don't actually know what the solution is, but I'm choosing not to despair. Why? Because I got my trust in God. I don't have my trust in me. Because if my trust is in me, then things are in trouble, Friends? And if we're just putting our trust in ourselves, then things are too hard, things are too difficult. I don't know right now, but I know that I will know. And I know that I've got my trust in God and I have enough experience at this season of my life to know that when I faced a problem at the beginning, I didn't know know what the solution was, but I knew eventually I walked into it. And then the solution was beyond anything I could ask or think. That God has solutions for us. That God is speaking to us the voice of hope when we sit in his presence. John chapter 6, a very famous story here of Jesus feeding the 5,000. And before we look at the story, it's always important for us to know and to remember just because you don't have a solution for your problem right now, doesn't mean there isn't one. I can't think of it right now. I don't know what to do right now. But you, you, you and I realize we're finite beings, right? But God is infinite. There's no, there's no problem that has come our way that takes God by surprise, He has the solution before the problem shows up. So, what is our part, though? Our part is just to sit at his feet. Our our part is to stay in the conversation of hope, not let despair get a foothold in my life. That I would know that God is always speaking hope to me. John chapter 6, verse 4. It says, now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand, lifting up his eyes then and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him. Jesus said to Philip, where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? Here's the problem. Here's the problem that Jesus is presenting to his disciples. He, he's, hey, look, there's a situation. So he's asking his disciples a question. Do we think that God would do this to us? That would God would ask us a question in the middle of a situation, in the middle of our prayer dialogue, the question will always be, "Do you trust me?" Have you got your hope in me?" Or have you got your hope in the circumstances? Because the circumstances, as we know, the circumstances are gonna be up and down and they're gonna be everywhere. They're gonna be good and they're gonna be bad and they're gonna be this and they're gonna be that. So we would never put our our hope in circumstances. Why? Because that's shaky ground. But our hope and our trust is in God. So God is always asking us the question, do you trust me? As we're gonna see here, as he does with his disciples. So they have this problem. They got this big group of people Jesus wants to feed this group of people. And listen to what verse 6 says. He said this to test him. So this is a great understanding for us that Jesus tests us with questions, not with evil. He's not hurting us to try to get us to understand something. He's just asking us a question. He's asking his disciples a question. He's putting them to the test. Because why? He, he says, for he knew himself what he would do. But he's wanting to engage the disciples. He's wanting them to grow up. He's wanting them to think. So he asks them a question. Philip answered. Here we go. So here's Philip's attempt at a solution. 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. So he started out. it's like, hey, would we have a little bit of money? We could buy some bread. But... That's not enough. Fail on the solution. Didn't work up. Didn't work out. It kind of seems like a hopeless situation. We didn't have enough money. And obviously the normal thing would be just to buy food for everybody, but we don't have enough money to buy food for everybody. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon's Peter brother, said, so here's another solution. There's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? So he started out good. He's like, here's a, a, some sort of solution, but it's not enough food. So it's, it's not, we're not gonna be able to feed everybody. And Jesus said, have the people sit down. How many of you know Jesus knows what to do? Jesus knows what to do. See, the other side of the conversation that you're having with God is always hope. See, in the middle of this, Jesus didn't be like, okay, I guess there's no solution. You're right, guys. What was I thinking? We can't feed the 5,000. We don't have enough money. We'd all be five loaves, two fish. I guess we should just quit. Is that what Jesus did? He's like, no, have them sit down. Do you see there's a a little bit of expectation there? there? There's a little bit of thought about the future, even though right now it seems like it's impossible. But just like we would do when we know there's a solution on the horizon, there should be a smile on our face. Have them sit down. Because Jesus knew already before he asked the question what he was gonna do. Now there was much grass in the place so the man sat down to a 5,000 in number. Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them to those who were seated so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill he told the disciples gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered up Filled 12 baskets with fragments from five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. So we went from impossible, no solution, to 12 baskets left over. Shouldn't that be our expectation? Shouldn't that be our expectation? When we sit at the feet of the one who loves us most, when we sit at the feet who came, of the one who came to give us abundant life against the one who's stealing from us and killing from us and trying to destroy our lives, in the middle of that, the one who offers us abundant life has a smile on his face. And he says, will you trust me? Will you put your trust in me? Because right now we can't think of a problem. And sometimes when we're in the middle of a problem, all we can think about is why, 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 but forget about the why and look for the way. Because God has a way for us. He has a solution for us. We can have a joyful expectation. Why? Because we are in a conversation with the one who always gives us hope. We can put our trust in Him. We can rely on Him. That His love is constant. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at CityChurchGTA. Thanks again for joining us.